Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who thinks he could play in the NFL. Brand Siegel, how you doing? What the, where the heck did that come from? When did I? When? Hold on. Where Those is words this intro? Came out of your mouth. Wait, what? You said that. When did I say I could play in the NFL? Like right before we started the podcast. No, no, this is fake news. You basically said that. I would love to play in the NFL. I think I'd die. Actually, we talked about this the other day, Trevor. About how, like, if you could play one position in the NFL for one play, where is the, what position would you be able to get positive yards? And in my opinion, there's only one that I think I could maybe get positive yards. And that is actually quarterback, because I would just throw, like, a little screen pass immediately, like, right off the bat. And whatever receiver, I'd let them just get one yard, and hopefully they get it and have two guys block. Any other position, I'm helping uh, in a negative way. I think I could, uh, I think I can get positive yards as a punter. I could pull up a fake punt. And then I could get no, you you die, you would die. Nah, I you would you would get it. crushed. You wouldn't even make it to the line of scrimmage. You're not fast enough compared to those guys. None of us are. Mm, I think I gotta figure no, something you out. You wouldn't. I would outsmart the defense. You would have to run like eight yards. I wouldn't run. I would probably throw it. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to throw it eight yards. <laughs> probably not. No, I'd figure something out. No. No, nope, I don't believe it. Um, of course, we have the third member of the podcast. That is, of course, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? I'm great. And what I'm hearing is that I think both of you guys are are basically saying that you think everyone in the NFL is soft and that you guys are better than all of them. That's what I'm hearing, personally. <laughs> what is this Bra- blasphemy? Brandon thinks, I- he, Brandon thinks that he can get a pass off in the NFL, which probably isn't true because I bet that snap would come back so fast it hit you in the face or something. Trevor thinks he can run like 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> yeah. and get positive yards. <laughs> this is ridiculous. That- that's way crazier than my take. My take, I'm, I would give myself a 40% chance at completing a pass, a screen pass. I'd give a 40% chance. It's not, what if it's it, an off list, cover my zero? You, get, you getting that pass off? If, there, if it's cover zero, no. Hell no. I'm not getting any pass off in cover zero. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, dying immediately. I'm just throwing the ball up. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm throwing it. <laughs> and just, hope my receiver I, I'm goes I'm just praying that whoever catches it. Yeah, no, cover zero, Ben, I'm not I'm not getting the ball off at all. But look, we have a great podcast today. Um, we, we got another sport to talk about today, which is going to be very exciting. Um, I can't wait. I should say baseball. in greater detail. Not baseball. Um, but let's start with college football because we had uh, an interesting college football weekend this past weekend. We saw Oregon play Washington in a thrilling game. Uh, we saw USC get taken down by Notre Dame. Uh, we saw Miami lose to North Carolina. Uh, we saw Oregon State be UCLA. Um, so we, we had a lot of uh, really great games. Trevor, I don't know where you want to start today, uh, but what game do you want to get into first? Yeah, um, I, I think the headlines, the Washington-Oregon game, obviously a very entertaining game. Two really solid quarterbacks and Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr., uh, some really good wide receivers, obviously. And this game was a shootout. It was back and forth. Uh, it was a fantastic game. Uh, one of my best friends, Devin, he is an Oregon fan. Uh, you know, uh, feel feel a little bad for him uh, the way this game ended. But Washington does win. Oregon misses the field goal that was going to tie it. And I, I think a big thing with this game was some of the coaching decisions made by Oregon's head coach. You know, he was obviously they played very aggressive. They went for it on, I think, three different fourth downs. Didn't get any of them. Um, there was one particular decision I didn't agree with where they went for it on fourth down instead of punting it when they had the lead. Um, I get that Washington's offense was having so much success, but at some point you got to trust your defense at least a little bit. And, you know, that would have been a lot more. They would have had to go like 80 to 90 yards versus what, whatever it was, 50. So I didn't love that overall, but 
nevertheless, this was a fantastic game. Um, you know, Washington does get the win there in a very important game in the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, this was bound to be pretty close. I talked to you guys before the game. These two teams have like the same makeup. They're they're basically the same team. Um, they have very talented receivers, especially Washington, which is I think where the edge was given here, in my opinion, because Washington has slightly better receivers. But they both have good receiving options. They have uh like Heisman level quarterbacks, um, who kind of have honestly like in my opinion are not like so different you know maybe others would disagree but i don't think either the one of the quarterbacks is so different both the defenses are fine i wouldn't say they're bad or good um and this was destined to be kind of a higher scoring game uh and i i think the better team won i i really do i think washington is slightly better than oregon um they're receiving core they have three receivers that are projected to go in like the top 120 picks or something um so i i the the Washington receiving core is really, really good, and that was probably a little bit too much for Oregon this game. Ben, any any uh, thoughts on on this game here before we move on? It was an awesome game. Shootout, two really good teams, awesome atmosphere. Like Trevor said, I think ultimately Oregon's um, aggressiveness was 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 a big thing that hurt them. I mean, they went for it on fourth and goal on like the two-yard line to end the first half instead of taking the points, didn't get that. Obviously, they go for it at the end of the game on the whatever plus 40-yard line. Don't get that. Turn it over. Washington scores in two plays. Oregon still had a chance to tie it at the end. So I guess you can't give uh, – you can't blame the entire loss on that on that decision on fourth down towards the end of the game. But, yeah, two really good teams. I think, you know, I think ultimately Washington probably obviously is the better team. But Oregon is still a really good team, and Oregon still has really good – you know, a lot of talent around Bo Nix. So um, I don't think either one of these teams – or I don't think Oregon's out of it yet. I think – I wouldn't be surprised if – you see both these teams play again in the Pac-12 championship because I believe the Pac-12 doesn't have divisions anymore. So I think it, it'll probably just be them two again playing in the uh, playing in the in the Pac-12 championship game. So so awesome game. I, it was it was really fun to watch. And you're right, they they pretty much are the same team. Yeah, hundred percent. Let's move along here to Notre Dame USC because I know we want to get to this game as well. Um, Notre Dame. This is feels like a revenge game to me for Notre Dame. Not necessarily on USC, but they. This is their fourth straight ranked opponent they've had to play. They're one and two in their last three games. Um, and I, I felt like the storm was perfectly brewed for US or for Notre Dame to beat USC. Um, USC obviously has a great quarterback in Caleb Williams, but the team itself is frankly not that talented. They're just not that good, especially the defense. The defense is the big part that I think is really terrible. Um, so. Notre Dame, uh, they play some very strong football. They're very good uh, offensive, defensive line. Uh, they play hard, so very, very hard football. And I think this was just the perfect storm for Notre Dame to win this game. Um, and I, I, I was impressed with Notre Dame. I thought they'd be able to come back. They're definitely a top 25 team. Notre Dame's very talented, um, and they're probably better than their ranking. I could easily see Notre Dame at the end of the year being a New Year's Six Bowl and just beating the crap out of whoever they play that's like the 10th, 12th best team um, in the nation at, the, at that time. Um, like I could see like if like they played like a what's a team that could sneak in there? Like a Duke. Someone like that who's like seventeenth in the nation right now. If they play like a Duke, like they just destroyed Duke. Um I don't know if they have played Duke. Maybe they, they just, have. I think they just played Duke. Did they lose Notre to Duke? <laughs> um they beat They did Duke just play Duke, they 14. won. It was close though. Yeah. Right, touchdown. So I could see something like that where they just destroy a team like that, I guess a second time in that case. Something like that is is just my opinion of how Notre Dame plays. Like, I mean, they frankly, they should have beaten Ohio State, but the game, the game could have went their way. I shouldn't say should have, but the game could have went their way. They kind of blew it. Yeah, and it just, it just quite didn't quite uh, go their way. Trevor, Notre Dame, USC, anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, I I think my the biggest thing I'm realizing is that, you know how the Big 12, you know, kind of in the past had the reputation of like, these games are just going to be shootouts because none of these teams can play defense. I think the Pac-12 is kind of like that now where you have teams like USC, 
we know Colorado can't play defense. Um, even Oregon, Washington, we just had a shootout. Um, a lot of these teams, you know, they have some good quarterbacks. Uh, they, they can put up points, but almost all of these defenses seem to struggle um, in the Pac-12. Most of them do, at least that I've seen. So I think that's interesting. I mean, Caleb Williams, you know, had hit the worst game of his season pretty easily, made some just bad uncharacteristic throws just really when he would get pressured uh just really forcing throws he did it multiple times not a good showing I would expect him to bounce back but obviously not great for a guy that everyone's saying is better than Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow um you know we, we will see I think it's a little little much I think so I think nowadays we've seen with a lot of prospects lately just in any sport it could be basketball football hockey where people are being uh just basically like crowned as this guy is like the greatest player ever. And uh, I don't know, we're seeing a lot of hyperbole, hyperbolic uh, talk lately. So we will see. I mean, USC still, a, they're a decent team, but again, their defense is so bad. It was always going to hold them back. And if they had any chance of winning this game, Kayla Williams had to be incredible and he wasn't. So they lost to Notre Dame in this one. Um Ben, did you have anything else you wanted to say about this game? Because I think there's a couple other games that were pretty solid as well. Caleb Williams stunk. USC's not that good. That's all I had to say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. All Fair right, enough. Trevor, other games you want to quickly go into? Yeah, so we had North Carolina, Miami. Uh, North Carolina does get the win, 41-31. Um, you know, big win for Carolina. Again, put up a lot of points. Solid. This game was very close early on, and then North Carolina started to pull away. Uh, we also had Louisville. Louisville got upset by Pittsburgh, 38 to 21. Big win for Pittsburgh, the Panthers. And then we had Oregon State. Uh, they beat UCLA in a in a Pac-12 matchup, put up 36 points. Um, a little bit of a higher scoring game again in the Pac-12, and they beat UCLA, 36 to 24. So those were just some of the biggest ones. Um, we even had I I saw I didn't watch this game, but Washington State got absolutely destroyed by Arizona. That was, I think, a little bit of a, definitely a surprise. I mean, they were ranked 19th in the country. Arizona beats them 44 to 6. That is quite a shocker, I would say. Yeah, I, I didn't even see this result till right now. This is just crazy. Arizona has a very, very high-powered offense, uh, and their defense is, is pretty terrible. It's not a super talented offense, but they just, they throw the ball a lot. I mean, they have 43 pass attempts, 37 rushes. They just, they they tend to have the ball a lot, and they, they score a lot of points. Uh, so I'm not surprised they scored a lot. I'm surprised they held Washington State to six. Uh, that seems like a wild result to me. Uh, so very surprised by this. Ben, anything else you'd like to add in college football before we move on here? Shout out Missouri. I didn't realize Missouri is 6-1. Good for them. They just beat Kentucky on the road, who two weeks ago everybody was was obsessed with how good Kentucky is, and now they've lost two games. Obviously won to Georgia, but then they just lost. Again, they probably should have won to Missouri, so. Shout out Missouri. I mean, they will obviously probably be ranked next week, but six and one. I did not know that they were, they were like a sneaky, uh, decent team in the SEC. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, they they were just ranked actually. They they were literally just ranked. Um, and they they just dropped out because they lost to uh who did they lost in the last second field goal to? I don't remember. Or maybe they Missouri, won. I don't remember. I'm not sure. I'm not hundred percent sure. But they just dropped out of the top twenty five. Um, their their last game. Uh, who was it against? Oh, it was against OSU. They lost to OSU. Um, they won in the last or second field goal to Kansas State. That's where I messed it up. All right. Well, let's move along here um, to the NFL. Um, get through some of our takeaways from this past week uh, in, in the uh, National Football League. Uh, ben, I'm going to start with you. What are, what are some takeaways you have from week five here? 
from week five. You're not even going to give me a chance to pull up the scores. I don't remember what happened in week five. <laughs> I could go. Oh, oh the I Bengals won it. in week five. I remember that. The Bengals won. They did. That was good. They, they beat did. The they beat a they beat a, a Super Bowl contending Cardinals team. Actually, you All know right, what? So I'll, someone I, call I, the Cardinals a sneaky a sneaky good team, Brandon. That's what some are saying. So excuse I, me. I actually have said that. <laughs> I, I I don't know I don't know how much how many thoughts you have on this, Ben. But uh, Joe Burrow obviously had a really good game in this, and I I wonder. Fantastic, you know, he yeah. said. He said in a uh, presser the week before, like a, a few days before the game, that his shoulder was feeling the best it's felt, I think, or something along those lines. I wonder if naturally he's recovering from this injury. I don't know. I don't know what you've read about this, but I just wonder, is Joe Burrow actually healthier now? I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure it it's, out because obviously, yeah, go ahead. I mean, it seems like he's healthier. He's 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 moving around the pocket a lot better. Like last game, it was it was the first time all year that he looked like Joe Burrow, where he can can kind of be elusive around the pocket. I will I will say this, Trevor, and, and maybe this is this this is the kind of fan that I am. I'm, I I I said something a couple of weeks ago, maybe not on here, but I definitely said it. I I was like, I will gladly give up my my right calf for Joe Burrow. And I'll tell you what, Joe Burrow is playing a lot better, and my right calf has been hurting recently. I've I've had a little bit of a, of a calf strain myself. So I don't know if that's just because I, I, I'm such a fan that I feel his pain. Or maybe honestly, I, I, I gave him part of my right calf and I'm 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 taking the burden so he can so he can play better for my for my mental health. So um I don't want to say that I'm fully responsible for him him playing better last week, but I do think I played a part in it for sure. Yeah. All right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I was gonna talk about was the 49ers because the 49ers have been unstoppable. Um, they, they look like the best team in the NFL by a mile. I, I don't think it's really that close. Uh, their offense is running on all cylinders. Brock Purdy's obviously been playing mistake-free football. Um, and it's, it's really like, you know, cause Brandon, we were watching some of the game last week and yeah, like Brock Purdy, a lot of the throws he makes like seem to look relatively simple and it's like, okay, like he gets, yeah, that's first read or like the receiver gets quick separation, but I think Brock Purdy just he's so consistent. He does it over and over again. He consistently makes the right decision, even if he doesn't have to make like these wild back shoulder throws or he's not having the sidearm highlights of a Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's so consistent. He he's very smart and he's always making the right decisions. And that's what really over and over again, every time I've watched Brock Purdy has stood out. And that's why I think he's legit a good quarterback at this standpoint. Um, I think he's better than, I mean, some of these other guys we have in the league, he's, he's, I think, proven to be better than, and then obviously you look at the other side of the ball, the 49ers defense is insane, uh, only held the Cowboys to 10 points. I mean, they're just so talented and it's going to be tough. I mean, you know, I, I think to beat this 49ers team, we will see what happens over the next couple weeks. But at the moment, um, they look by far like the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I this this game, I I, I said this wouldn't be that close. Uh, the the Cowboys are a solid team. They are not a great team. I mean, you know, we talked about this, Trevor. You're very high on the Cowboys. I'm not nearly as high. They are not in the realm that the Eagles, the the Chiefs, and the Niners are in. They just aren't there. Um, and uh, you didn't believe me, Trevor. I told you. I was like, nope, they're just not that good. In terms of Brock Purdy, I. I'm more of a believer now. I, I do like Brock Purdy. But again, I, I think the offense is so simple uh, for him. It, it's almost laid out. 
um, like it's served on a platter for him. And I'm, I'm not saying he's doing anything wrong because of that, because he's not. And you're 100% right. He's been consistently making great decisions. And that's that's the best thing he can do right now. But I'm interested when they play the Eagles, when they play the Chiefs, when he needs to be challenged to really throw the ball and take more chances against uh, like significantly better defenses and significantly better teams that are going to score points on the Niners. I'm interested to see how that looks for him. You know, when he has to make, you know, a tough shoulder fade throw, uh, when he has to make that those out routes at the end of the game in a two-minute drill, can he do that? Because I don't see him being able to do that. I hope I'm proved wrong. I, I don't mind Brock Purdy. I hope he does well. Um, but I just, I don't see that, that being, uh, the situation, you know, it just, I'm kind of circling back a little bit. One thing we talked about before the podcast, we, you didn't, you didn't think Drake may played so great in this past game. And I thought he played really good. I mean, like he was, he was all right. Yeah. He I, was all I, right. And I didn't watch the whole game. Right. I was, I was focused more on the UC, USC game. So yeah. I wasn't seeing a ton but of it, but my point is why, like, I think Drake may is really great quarterback. For example, again, I didn't watch too much of the game, but one of the throws that Ben and I talked about this, we texted about this in our group chat. He made a throw, uh, that was kind of like, a essentially like a fork route. Uh, they were like a, uh, the opposite 20, and it would have been a touchdown. Um, and he threw a, just a beautiful ball. It was like one yard too far. Uh, ben, you know what I'm talking about, right? We talked about it. Yeah, he it. Took, it, took a big hit. Yeah, he took a big hit. He stayed in the pocket, took a big hit, and he just threw this like really well-put ball. It was probably a half yard yard too far, but that's an NFL throw. That type of throw. I don't see Brock Purdy like consistently making these difficult throws. Again, comparisons against a college quarterback and a terrible offense versus an NFL quarterback and a great offense. But I want to be. I want to see Brock Purdy make some like really excellent throws, and then I'm willing to put him in this like better tier than where I think he's at right now. I'd put him in like the tenth to fifteenth best quarterback. I think he's in the upper half. Oh well, okay. Then I think yeah. we're on the same page. <laughs> but that's not. I wouldn't consider any of those quarterbacks good. Like they're 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 towards the middle. They're in yeah, the middle. Yeah, but I'm saying like when you when you watch a like a some of these other quarterbacks, I don't, I don't want to name names, but like Ryan Tannehill or uh, but Ryan Tannehill's terrible. Or, He's like way lower. But I'm just saying, like these are all other options. Like all these other starters that we have, we can go through Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones. Like I could, I could name Mac, all these Mac guys. Mac Jones off. is the worst quarterback in the league. He's not the worst quarterback. <laughs> He's in the terrible. But I can name all these guys, and like so many of them could not consistently like, make easy. Let's throws. put it this they way: Would, would you would rather have mistake. Would you rather have Brock Purdy or Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is also like in that 10 to 15. Like, I'd much rather have Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Yeah, yeah he's solid. He's, 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 he's solid. really solid. Would you rather have like Geno Smith or Brock Purdy? I, uh, Geno Smith. Yeah, I like, I, I don't even think it's that close. Uh, yeah, I, I, I disagree mean, with both one of those. Of those. Quarterbacks. Uh, I'd rather really? have Brock Purdy than either one of those. If if we're in the 49ers offense specifically, I think Brock Purdy is the perfect quarterback for it. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, let's I not talk know. about putting like, him in one specific offense. Just who would you take on your team? You're building a new okay, team. Who would you take? Then, yes, I'd rather take Kirk Cousins. Okay. Yeah, I mean those those guys are just better than him, and it's not how like about, how about like Derek Carr? I think I would take Purdy. Brock Purdy, Derek Carr stinks. I, it's close. Um, but Derek Carr, yeah, not they're been close. They're both kind of in the middle. I mean, right now, recency bias. Derek Carr has him great, but consistently over his career, Derek Carr has been a pretty solid quarterback. Right, right. Who's been in the middle? Like yeah. to me, like I don't know if Purdy gets past where he is. Derek Carr at a point in time has been better than where he's at now. And yeah, they're kind of sure. close, so that's what I'm trying to say. Is no, like I don't, yeah. my the the I don't think the sky's the limit for Brock Purdy. There's a reason he was a seventh round pick. There's a reason he wasn't like yeah. I mean, he's coveted. never gonna. I'm like he'll never be a top five. So quarterback. this is what I'm saying. Yeah. When it's time, when they're in the NFC Championship, I don't know if Brock Purdy can get over that hump. But and he, that's their problem. I don't, I don't know if he'll need to. I think there is going to be a. T- he I don't needed to last year. I don't think he'll need to. Like last I mean, year was the time. This Cowboy, Cowboys defense is a top five defense. They put up forty. And again, the, the like, Cowboys defense is not a top five defense. Yes, it is. They have a lot of big injuries. Lakin Vander Esch got hurt in that game. Trevon Diggs isn't playing. 
I they have a lot of big injuries. I don't think they're currently they just, were at the beginning of the year. Just talking about like the Cowboys defense, and then you say, well, oh, when they face the Eagles, like I don't even know if the Eagles defense is better. Eagles, than Eagles, the Eagles are I way don't better. I really think it is way better. I'm not with with the injuries. The, if the Cowboys were healthy, I'd agree with you. The Cowboys are better, but they they're two of the three best defensive players are out. One of which is the leading interception getter in the past four seasons. So like it's it's a big loss. My point is, is I think this Cowboys team is nowhere in the realm of the Niners, but Brock Purdy, I think he needs to do a lot to personally show me, which obviously I don't think he's trying to prove anything to me, but like he needs to do more to show me that like he, he can be really great and he has the ability to be like a very good starting quarterback in the league because I don't think he's going to get there. That's just my opinion. Um, Trevor, any, anything else in the NFL you want to touch on, uh, here? Um, I mean, you know, Let's see. I mean, the the Jaguars, they're, you know, uh, playing better, certainly. And both those games that they've won the past two weeks have been in London. So the Jaguars, maybe they should just move uh, their stadium to London. Maybe they should just uh, set up shop and play all their home games in London. I think that would work out very well for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, they've tried. They're really good in London. They've made a big push to play a lot in London. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's good for them. They obviously get a big win over the Bills um their little hangover for the bills after their great showing it seems like um lions continue to play very well I, i've continued to be very impressed by the lions their offense in particular uh put up 42 points another win they're four and one um and the saints they destroy uh the patriots the patriots i think uh uh you know they have the defensive injuries max looking terrible their offense is not inspiring in any way i think it's uh they're one of the worst teams in the nfl at this point it's it's tough it's a tough look for them I, um, I would argue yeah. they are the worst team in the NFL right now, currently. <laughs> I don't think they're the worst team, but they're like bottom four. I don't thirty-four nothing to uh, the it's, New Orleans Saints is. Uh, it's very bad. The, it, the Saints are not like a top ten team. No, no, no the yeah. Saints aren't good. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't even they're know mediocre. if I put them in the top half league. They're close. They're probably towards the middle. Yeah. But losing losing thirty-four nothing to like the Bills or Chiefs, it's like all right, you know, whatever. Losing to a backup quarterback in New Orleans. <laughs> is really bad like i i genuinely think they're the worst team at this current moment they are the worst team Matt Trevor, Jones i have a question looks... for you yeah go ahead well he looks terrible brandon i'll finish that for you he looks like the worst quarterback yeah, yeah. in the nfl um he, i think he is definitely the worst, the worst right quarterback definitely the worst quarterback in the afc east that's no question at this point um trevor i have a question for you <laughs> how does it make you feel as a patriots fan that the boston red sox have scored more points in the month of october than <laughs> The New England Patriots, who played the Boston Red Sox, played one game. Let's not forget that they played. They have yeah. scored more points in the month of October. Is that does that make you feel good? I would imagine I no. This, I saw this stat. Um, I, I don't. Are you really ready to start comments. tanking? I I think you guys should start oh, yeah. tanking. I mean, Caleb I Williams ready. is looking pretty good. Well, I other than I, don't, I don't know if I told I don't know if I told you Ben, but I definitely told a few other people. Yes, I am ready for the tank to commence. Um, you know, if we have to trade a couple assets to get even worse, if we want to trade Kendrick Bourne, I was, yeah, I was telling Kendrick you this, Ben. Bourne. If we want to trade Kendrick Bourne, the Chiefs, they could use a couple receivers. If the Chiefs, no, no, if no, you want no, to, Kendrick Chiefs don't need Bourne. Chiefs give fine. us, give us a first round pick, Kansas City. Kendrick and you can Bourne. Have Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, Trevor, you're he's getting our, a first round our, pick for a dude I've never heard of. Receiver. Kendrick Bourne. He's our best receiver. I don't know if I'd give a pack of Oreos for Kendrick Bourne. What I'm are you, Kendrick saying, Bourne? I'm just saying he's our best receiver. A- any assets? Yeah, how's he doing, Trevor? To get even worse, um, Chiefs. You can have. You need receivers. You Who can do take. Who is trading for Kendrick Bourne? The Chiefs. Chiefs don't want Kendrick Bourne. The Chiefs need receivers. Chiefs might rather have me than Kendrick Chiefs Bourne. Chiefs don't need a, a, the Chiefs need receivers. I, I think the Chiefs are doing all right. I don't know if the Chiefs need fine. receivers. I'm just saying. They could use some receivers. I'll tell you this. They don't need Kendrick Bourne. He's, he's not a bad receiver. 
I mean, he's, he's not right. good. He's fine. Didn't the Patriots a, just sign Juju? He's better what's he than, doing? Yeah, they have Juju. What's, he's hurt right what's now. What's he doing? He's been terrible. Oh, okay. He's been really bad. Well, Juju's not good. Juju is well, why good. Why did the Patriots he's, sign him? He's good. I, I hated that signing. He is good. He's been terrible. The, the root of the problem is that they have a quarterback who's just atrocious. That's the root of their problem. And also, yeah. they, they have a lot of defensive injuries, big defensive injuries, too. But yes. uh, but uh, the big thing is that they're just terrible. They're not good. Their run offense has been terrible. Their pass offense has been terrible. I'm going to be honest. I'm putting them up for my cross-off. I know they're not the, the easy choice here, but they're going to be who I think should be at Tribal Council. Would be a, get, get, get them out of the house. Get them off the island, Trevor. They deserve it. They've been terrible. They have been terrible. They've been really bad. Uh, ben, anything else you want to talk about NFL before we look at uh, this coming week's games, today's games? I mean, shout out the Lions. I think they're one of the best teams in the NFL. You didn't mention them when you they talked are. about the best teams in the NFL. The Lions have been um, great. They're, no, they're, they're really good. They're fun to watch. So I just want to make sure they, they those fans absolutely mm-hmm. deserve some credit because they have been through 100%. a lot. So. Dude, two things about the, the Lions, And they're the best. They're like too. the nicest people ever. They're awesome. Two things about the Lions. When I went to a Lions game two years ago, I saw, I think it was two years ago, when Tucker hit the, the record. My dad and I were at that game. I The Lions fans were the best. They were yeah, the they're most, awesome. Some of the most logical fans. They were so sweet. The whole game, like I was sitting next to Lions fans and they were like, hey, hope for a good game. Like, you know, I hope you guys win the division. I'm like, what a what a wacky thing to say before the game we're about to play. And the whole game, they're just like, yeah, we know we're not good. Like, we just kind of hope we like make it out all right every year. And I called last year. We had the deal between the, the Panthers and Lions. That was a terrible deal on your part. The Panthers stink. And uh, the Lions were good. And now they're really good. Now they like are are really, really solid and are probably, in my opinion, going to win the division. I wish we made the same deal this year. I think you would have made the same deal this year. No, you wouldn't have. You were I, high I on the Panthers. I was, I was higher. Yeah, but not, I was but high the Lions are like really right. good. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I, the Lions. I, have I been thought great. the Lions were going to win eleven games this season. Yeah, the Lions have been just so excellent. I'm, I'm super 12. impressed with them. Jared Goff has like completely revitalized his career, and it went from like, hey, we'll have Jared Goff for a couple years, um, and we, you know, we get some of those picks from from the Rams. To hey, we're gonna re-sign Jared Goff for a couple years because he's been that good. I mean, their, their offense is so good. They have electric players on the offense. Monroe St. Brown's so good. Uh, their defense has been really, really solid this year. Aiden Hutchinson's been really solid. Um, you know, they, they've probably had like a top eight to twelve defense, which is way better than I thought it would be. Um, and I, I've just been so impressed with the Lions. I agree, Benny. Great, great call out there. Um. All right, so looking forward, uh, the Ravens are playing right now. It's almost halftime uh, in their game as we're recording. They're up 15-3, and they're, they're potentially potentially going to score, you know, maybe get a field goal here or something. Some um, are saying the game's over. It's, the game it's is – it's, it's, it's a two-possession game. It's over. <laughs> I hate when you guys do this. You get, Trevor, you jinxed the Ravens last week, and I, I, I will not forget that. Uh. I will not forget that. The whole game, I'm like, hey, I think they might lose this game. And you're like, you're crazy. They're not going to lose. I'm like, nope, I really think they might. They don't look so good, job, good today. Trevor. I appreciate that. It just completely jinxed them. I, I know exactly I what think, you're trying to I do. I think we also have to mention it, it's, it's actually crazy how Kenny Pickett – looks absolutely awful on 95% of uh, the drives. And then the the f- other 5% is the last drive of the game. Basically, he, he makes these game-winning drives. He's awful for the first three and a half quarters, and then he makes, like, one good drive to win the game. I, f- I feel like that's happened, like, like, four times in his career already. It's kind of nuts. Yeah, Kenny Pickett's not good. I really thought he'd take a big step, and I was just severely wrong. Very, very wrong. All right, let's look forward to the games today. Um, Some interesting ones. Let's see. What are some games that you guys like, Benny? What's a game you, you circled on your calendar here? You know what I, You know what game I like that I don't think a lot of people will talk about? Colts-Jags. Oh, yeah. I like Colts-Jags Colts a lot. Colts-Jags is a good game. 
I think that's Although, a great game. AFC did you see South. the Anthony Richardson news? Yeah. Well, he's not playing, right? He's in a sling. Well, so I he he's might out be shut down for the year. He might be out for, the, might year. Be out for the year. But but um, they have the is, best backup in Gardner Minshew. So. That is true. They do have a good backup. I, I am sad about uh, uh, Anthony Richardson. I really like him. I think he he was off to a pretty solid start. Yeah. Uh, this is a big setback for him, so hopefully he, he gets well soon and can play again this year um, and gets healthy. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, unsure about that. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, any other game, Trevor, any game you want to look at? I do like that game a lot, Benny. I, I think that's going to be an interesting one. A, 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 a measuring stick game for both those teams. Yeah, um, that's a decent one, too. I There's two that really stood out to me. The first one is seahawks Bengals. Obviously, these are two of my favorite teams to watch because I love both of their quarterbacks. Love Joe Burrow. Love Geno Smith. Big fan. Um, so I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, the Seahawks are playing pretty well. They've had a pretty solid start of the season. The Bengals did not have the best start of the season, but played pretty well last week. Um, so we'll see, you know, how this game goes. I think another, um, again, uh, saying it's a must win, I don't know, maybe it's a bit much, but definitely an important game for the Bengals. Um, they're at home. Let's see how they look against Seahawks. Very excited for that one. And then Cowboys Chargers Monday night. Uh, that's going to be a phenomenal game. Um, you know, watching Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, uh, can the Cowboys bounce back obviously against that very terrible performance against the 49ers. I think a really good game might be a home game for the Cowboys, uh, considering the Chargers don't have uh, a lot of fans in LA. So, uh, that'll be a fun one as well. The Seahawks Bengals game, uh, Ben, I'm, I'm swear I'm not trying to jinx them. This to me feels like a measuring stick game as well. Where are the Bengals at right now? Cause this is a game where I feel like the Bengals that I, I think they can be should like pretty easily win. So where are they right now? You know, if, if they win this game, and even if they win it kind of close, I, I would feel pretty good as a Bengals fan. I would. Uh, the Seahawks are not a bad team. I don't know if I'd quite put them in, like, the top 10, but they're close. They're probably in, like, that maybe 9 to 12 range. Um, and I, I think this would be a really good win for the Bengals, even at home. Uh, and to me, going 3-3 three and three after this game would be really great. If they lose this game and it's close, again, I'm not that concerned. I, I feel like I'm not quite that concerned. The Seahawks are a good team, uh, but to me, th- that puts their their potential a little bit you know, down the line. So I expect the Bengals win. I expect it to be close. Um, but if the Bengals pull this one off, I'll feel pretty good, Ben, if I were you about, about the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, as long as, if they win, as long as they win, I don't really care how it looks. If they win, I'll be happy. Um, I, I, it, it's hard to say because, like you said, I mean, they played the card, the Cardinals last week, who aren't good, and even the Bengals in the second quarter looked terrible in that game. So, um, if they can just win, I'll be happy. I don't, I don't think it's like safe to, or it's fair to say that oh, the Bengals are back, they're going to win this game, like they should win this game easily, um, because they still have a lot of issues. But I think it's encouraging what they did last week. I think it, it gives a lot of optimism to their game today. So, um, I hope they win. Obviously, I, I think I'd much rather be three and three going into a bye next week than two and four, but. Um, yeah, even if they lose it, it's, it stinks and it's not fun and it's not in a good position, but I don't think it's the end of the world. I think it's, there's, there's still room for opportunity. Um, but obviously it's the NFL. It's hard to win any game. So I'd, I'd much rather prefer the Bengals win today. If that's, if that's hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have a tough schedule, so I think it's, it's they definitely, very, oh yeah, not out of the bye week, their schedule is brutal too. I mean, out yeah. of the bye week, they have like the, t- they have, it's the toughest stretch of game. So I prefer to be 500 for sure. Yeah, yep, that would definitely be much better. I really do think they're they're gonna win. I think they'll pull this one off and it, it'll be a good win. Um, let's go to our tribal council segment here. Team to pick off. I referenced my team earlier that I want to pick. Off. I I I have can. I, I was going in and I was like, ah, the Patriots are terrible. We'll cross them off next week. Let's do the Panthers. Finally, they're zero and five. I really think we should do the Patriots. The Patriots have scored fifty five points this year. That is the worst by a lot. 
They are also have allowed the sixth most points this year. They also have the second worst point differential in minus 76. They are one in four. They have scored three points in the past two weeks, and they have the worst quarterback in the league. I'm saying it. I think he's worse than Zach Wilson right now. I really do. I'm sorry, Trevor. I think he's worse. He's terrible. He's really bad. He's going to lose his job. They said he's on a short leash. He won't be playing out past this game, in my opinion. I I really think we should do the Patriots. I wouldn't hate the Panthers, um, but the Patriots have absolutely no shot. I mean, both these teams have no shot to make the playoffs. The Panthers are bad. But I, I feel like the the potential of the Panthers with just Bryce Young being young, like I feel like he could make like a second half little run and start playing marginally better, which could lead them to a couple wins. The Patriots have no outlook. Uh, it's not like they're going to get a, a better quarterback than Mac Jones. They seemingly think Mac Jones is better than Bailey Zappi or whoever they can pick up because they keep on playing him through this, um, and he's terrible. So I, I think the, the – and they have long-term injuries on defense, so like Matt Judon, who's, who's an excellent for him or for them. Um, who will be out for the rest of the year. So I, I just don't see this team going up. I, I think it is only down from here. Uh, where I guess there's potential the Panthers go up. So to me, it's it's the Patriots. I, I think it's close, though. I wouldn't hate either one. I think it's going to come down to Ben. But Trevor, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to say the pa- or the Panthers here. I think we should let Ben go first. All right, Ben. What do you think? Uh, I, I mean, they're both terrible. I think, it's an e- I think it's easy to do either one. Trevor, who do the Patriots play today? The Raiders. Okay, who the Panthers play today? Uh, the Panthers play. Let's see, what's up the schedule? Pull it up. They play the Dolphins. Because that's gonna Dolphins. be okay. I'm picking the Panthers then. Panthers because because <laughs> they're not gonna. The, be Panthers, the Panthers are gonna lose today. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be zero and six. The, the I mean the the Patriots could. I mean the Raiders aren't good. They they could be two and four actually. No, so I'll pick I'll pick the Panthers. And one team has Bill Belichick and one team doesn't. I know he hasn't been great this year as a coach, but he's still a better coach than Frank Reich or whoever it is. So, um, I'll just I'll I'll vote for the Panthers. All right, Trevor, you want to seal the deal? I mean, it doesn't really matter. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'll pick the Patriots because really, um, just to get them out I of the just, way, we don't have to talk about I them just, again. I just want to get them out. Of, yeah, pretty right, much. I mean, yeah. Again, jinxing the jinxing this isn't gonna work. It doesn't matter if we pick the Patriots. This is depression it's, right it's here. It's not just- like. It's not like me saying, oh, let's kick the Patriots to the curb and they're going to start winning games. It's not going to happen, but uh, might as well. Yeah, the Patriots. Get them do out these here. two teams they, play? Do the, do the Patriots and Panthers play? Not I hope no, not they for don't. everyone else's sake. They don't. They don't. Brandon, you know what, I, you know what I've noticed, game. Brandon? Trevor's yeah. Trevor's attitude right now is what happens when you have 20 years of winning and then you don't know what to do, do with yourself. When yeah, you don't know what to do with yourself. You're terrible. like, I don't know what losing is. Yep. Yeah, Tre- yep. Tre- Tre- is Trevor's going is. through all the emotions I don't feel bad that, for you at all. Every goodness. sports fan in the world should have to go through, but he's never had to. Yeah, welcome to the yeah. club, buddy. It's not <laughs> what fun. do you mean never had to? The Patriots have they, never been this bad in your the lifetime. The Miami Heat had some terrible years, I'll tell you that. We're not talking about mm. basketball. We're talking about football. You've never <laughs> seen the Patriots be like one of the worst teams in the NFL. It's not fun. It's not fun. That Honestly, is, Brandon, you probably, you've, never, you've never really seen your team be one of the worst teams in the NFL. That's not true. Recently, they were bad. In 2020, they were terrible. Were they like a bottom three team? Or not 2020, excuse me, 2018. 2018. Were they like a bottom three or four team? Yeah, I bet they were. They won won very few games. They won like five games. They were bad. Yeah, they were were really bad. Well, regardless, Trevor doesn't know what to do with himself. Brandon has not experienced this either. No, 100%. They were bad. Brandon's over here bandwagon. Meanwhile, the Ravens win eight plus games every single year. Pretty much, yeah, because I they mean, have a top seven coach in the NFL. I, I don't know. Kind of top I, ten. I think the, uh, 
Yeah, he's like he's at least like top fifteen, I'd say. Well, okay, okay, so 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 twenty eighteen, the Ravens went ten and six and won the division. So that's that's not the right year. Are you going through? We probably shouldn't say that. Twenty seventeen, bad year for them. Nine and seven, it's pretty bad for them. Yeah, tough. What was it? What was the next year? Uh, which way? What? Which direction? Are, are you Are you going? Are you going? I thought you were going through all of them. That's why I was letting you go. No, I'm just googling. Oh, 2016, eight and eight, Brandon. Oh man. Oh, so That's so ten and six, nine seven, eight and eight. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I mean, I think the Ravens. You know. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Seasons. Here we go. Twenty fifteen, five and eleven. I'll, I'll give you credit. Okay. Brandon. They, they were terrible that so year, but they did not. But they they did not finish last in the division. So uh, you can't even you can't even be that upset. They beat the Browns. Yeah, so, the Browns were probably three and thirteen or something that year. Yeah, okay, but they so. they've had some they've had some rough years. They've had some strings right, of like I'll, years I that take were it frustrating. Back. Trevor doesn't I mean, have they, to lose. They had the three year span before Lamar that was really rough. Five and eleven, eight and eight, nine and seven. Um, which they didn't make the playoffs and that was rough. Man, nine and seven is really rough for you. Gosh. You live a tough life, dude. Yeah. Look, I mean the Ravens are just a great football team. It just is what it is. I don't know what yeah, to tell top, you. Top 15 head coach in the NFL for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move along here because um, we have an interesting segment coming up. Trevor, this has to be just so exciting for you. Um, we have the NBA in what, what, what is it? Nine days now? Nine days. Nine days. 24th. Um, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little preview for each conference um, this week and next week. So this week we're going to start with the Eastern Conference preview. Um, and next week we'll do the Western Conference preview. Uh, and then we'll we'll have the start of the NBA season, which will be really, really great. Um, okay, so Eastern Conference preview, Trevor. Um, we we saw the Eastern Conference get a, a decent amount better uh, with the, the addition Damian Lillard to the conference. Um, Drew Holiday shuffled over to the Celtics. I, I I feel like we would all agree the Bucks are probably this is probably their conference uh, to lose, you know. Um, and you know, as I was reading a little bit of previews of some other teams and stuff, it it seems like the Eastern Conference is really it's very top heavy. Um, so I'm interested to see your analysis on some of these teams we got here. Um, you know, some teams that look really fun to you. Who's contending? Uh, you know, who who who's going to be in the middle? What your thoughts are? on the Eastern Conference coming into this NBA season. Yeah, absolutely. So at the top, it's it's the Bucks and the Celtics. They're kind of neck and neck. So the Celtics are very much in the race to beat, uh, you know, to beat out the Bucks. In fact, um I'm just looking at uh the the Vegas odds to win the 2024 NBA Finals. The Boston Celtics actually as of this morning have the best odds. They the Boston Celtics are plus 460, the Nuggets are at plus 470, the Bucks are third at plus 550. So just to give you um, you know, some background on what like the odds makers think if we go strictly in the East, the Celtics are they have the best odds, then the then we have the Bucks, then the third team is all the way down the Philadelphia 76ers plus 1600. Miami Heat plus eighteen hundred, Cavs plus twenty six hundred, and then the Knicks down at plus five thousand. So that's the top six right there. Then there's another little drop off after that. But I think that's the first thing we can t- we can talk about is kind of the race at the top because it does feel a little top heavy. Obviously, the Boston Celtics they added Kristaps Porzingis, they added uh, Drew Holiday, they lost Marcus Smart, lost Malcolm Brogdon, lost Robert Williams. I think overall. The Celtics were a team that was, um, their depth has been incredible for the last couple of years and still decent, but I think that 
the top of this roster, the top six, got better. I think the top six got better. You can argue that like losing Robert Williams, okay, that you lose Malcolm Brogdon, that hurts the the second unit a little bit. But overall, I think when you net it out, when you think about like in the playoffs, you know, your top five, top six guys are playing more heavy minutes. Tatum, Brown, they're going to be playing 38, 40, 42 minutes a night. I think overall the Boston Celtics do seem like a better basketball team than they were last year. And I think adding Porzingis is is really solid because the Boston Celtics half-court offense did have some issues. I think they could use a shooter like Porzingis to really add to this team. And then getting Drew Holiday, um, obviously, is kind of like, in a way, it's a better version of what Marcus Smart did for them because both of these guys are two of the best defensive guards in the league. Um, but I think that Drew Holiday is probably a little bit better, and he's a better offensive player. He's a better ball handler, a better creator for others, um, and probably a little bit better of a shooter than Marcus Smart was. Marcus Smart was a little bit more inconsistent. Um, at, at sometimes in the past, he's been a little erratic. I think Drew Holiday is a little bit more steady. Um, he's been a more consistent player. So definitely an improvement there. And you know, with the with the Celtics, it's going to be interesting to see how they construct this roster because you do have that top six where you have Tatum and Brown. Obviously, they're going to be in the starting lineup. Holiday, I would I would think is going to be in the starting lineup. And then, how do you fill out the rest of it? Are you going to put Derek White in there um, with Porzingis, and it's kind of like a small ball lineup, or do you bring in Porzingis and Al Horford in the starting lineup, and Derek White's the sixth man? I think. I would guess Derek White will be the sixth man for their like t- normal starting lineup, but I could see potentially the crunch time lineup maybe um, including both Derek White and Drew Holiday um, in the backcourt and maybe going small ball. Maybe it's with Porzingis. Maybe it's still with Al Horford. Um, we'll have to see, but that's interesting. And then even beyond that, they have guys like Sam Hauser, Peyton Pritchard. Um, I, I think there is some concern about the Celtics' depth behind that. That at least some people are talking about. I don't really have that concern just because I still think like Sam Hauser is a solid player. Peyton Pritchard has shown, um, you know, over and over again when he can step up. He's a he's a solid backup guard uh, for the Celtics. So that's kind of their situation. And then the Bucks. Uh, obviously Damian Lillard slotting in there, playing with Giannis. You have Chris Middleton. Um, yes, you lose Drew Holiday, but Damian Lillard is an improvement, certainly on the offensive end. I think that, you know, Damian Lillard hasn't been the best defender um, over his career. So I think there are a lot of people out there that are talking about, well, actually, this is not going to be the best for the Bucs because the defense is going to suffer a little bit, particularly in the backcourt. But I, I just think that this offense is going to be so unstoppable. The pick and roll game with Damian Lillard and Giannis, I think that that offensive punch that they're going to get, I think is going to overrule. Is basically it's going to outweigh uh, the defensive. Um, I guess kind of uh, mm, what what's the word? Defensive uh, limitations that Damian Lillard has, and they still have Brook Lopez and Giannis in the front court. So that's kind of the the big thing there. The matchup of the Celtics and Bucks. It seems inevitable that they're going to play in the Eastern Conference Finals as long as they are healthy. And I'm really interested in that matchup. That would be Drew Holiday going against his old team, guarding Damian Lillard. I mean, remember we had 
when Drew Holiday was playing with the Pelicans back in 2018 with Anthony Davis, they played against the Blazers, and Drew Holiday was a big part of why Damian Lillard had a very bad playoff series there. He was, you know, the main defender on him um, and did a really good job against him. So we would see that matchup again. We would see Holiday against his old team. We would see the Bucks and Celtics. I mean, they played in the playoffs over the last couple of years, so we would see Giannis against Tatum. Um, is Giannis going to guard Tatum? Um, or is he going to guard Porzingis? I think a lot of interesting uh, matchups can come out of that. At the moment, um, if I'm thinking about who I would pick to come out of the East right now, I'm still leaning toward the Milwaukee Bucks. I think it's very close, but that is my instinct going into the season here, just because I think at the end of the day, the top stars, like the the superstars usually kind of win the day. I mean, Jokic, he's the best player. I think he was the best player in the NBA last year. We saw the Nuggets win it. I think at the end of the day, most of the time, not all the time, but I think most of the time we see the best players kind of rule the day. And I think Giannis is the best player of anyone on these two rosters. Um, and, and Damian Lord is obviously, a, you know, a great player in his own right. So I, I lean the Bucks for that reason. But I'm very interested to see, you know, when these teams play, when they have their first matchup, should be very interesting. Uh, but Brandon, what what do you think about that? What do you think about kind of the, the Celtics and the Bucks? I mean, would you agree that those are kind of clearly the the top two teams? Yeah, I mean, I think I think those two teams made the most moves, and at, at least the perceived like, and this is how I perceive it too. They they are they're at the top, and they kind of were anyway. Uh, and it just seems like they improved. They're trying to make that push to get over the top and win the championship. Milwaukee, to me, seems like they have the edge. Damian Lillard addition is is so big. And I, I know there's an amount of defensive concern. Um, but but personally, I mean, Trevor, the, the, the league is in a spot where, like, when you have that much offensive firepower, it, it, it's hard to stop. It's just going to be so hard to stop. How do you guard all these guys? How are you going to do it? Uh, you have to have a very specific type of team to be able to do it, and I, I think it's going to be almost impossible. Uh, the Bucks. I mean, this seems like the, the conference for them to lose. To be honest, uh, it really does. Uh, so I, I would, I would pick the Bucks. Uh, if I had to pick one team, the Celtics also got a, you know a good amount better. Um, I, I think it was definitely time for them to make a change. They, they, they've tried the experiment they were trying. They needed to make a big change, and it seems like they did. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see what happens when Drew Holiday comes. Um, you know, how much does that change the offense? He's a wonderful two-way player. Um, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting them matching up against the, the Bucks. Can they get the Bucks number with Holiday, you know, guarding Lillard? Um, I don't know who's going to, well, Marcus Smart's not there anymore, right? Yeah, Marcus yeah, Smart's so I don't know who's guarding so... Giannis, but we'll, we'll see. Um, so yeah. I don't know. That's going to be the question. Uh, ben, any, any thoughts here on, on you know, the, the top heavy East? Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, the Bucks were already good, like Trevor said. Now they had Damian Lillard. I, I know Chris Middleton's been he's had health issues. So if he can stay healthy, then I mean, yeah, the Bucks are, I think, are the best team in, in the East. Doesn't mean they're going to win the East. I, I mean, that, that that never is is the case. But I think they obviously have the best chance. But like you said, the Celtics are still a really good team. They've been a really good team for years now. Um, they have a lot of talent. They have superstars. If Jalen Brown can learn how to dribble with his left hand, then maybe they have a chance of beating the Bucks in in, in an Eastern Conference Finals. Um, or if, or if he learned how to put his shorts on the correct way, Trevor, did you see that he put his shorts on backwards? <laughs> so, I did. I did see that. Yeah. So I, so I don't, maybe, maybe, maybe that means the Celtics are, if their second best player can't dribble with his left hand and can't put his shorts on the correct way, then maybe, maybe they're not as good as we think. Um, so, so I mean, yeah, I, if I had to pick right now, obviously I'd pick the Bucks on paper. They're the best team in the East. Trevor, I have a question for you and I don't want, I don't want to mm-hmm. throw off 
any sort of agenda you had here, but I have a question for you because I've seen this a couple of times. I a couple of weeks ago I was looking at there was you know some they some ESPN did some sort of data analytics and they they did all these projected standings and things like that. And the Cleveland Cavaliers were projected in that in that set of data they were projected to finish third in the East. Are the Cleveland mm-hmm. Cavaliers good, Trevor? Because I th- this threw me for a loop. I didn't think they were that good. Are they, are they that good? Are they are they the third best team in the East, or can they be the third best team in the East? I mean, I think so. the The thing with the Cavs is, I think they are a pretty a relatively deep team. I think they have enough, and like a lot of their players are young, right? So they're more likely to play more often in the regular season. Like you look at Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland. Evan Mobley, like like some of these guys and like Jared Allen's had some injury history, so maybe not him as much. But Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, like these guys might play like 75 games each. There's a chance. So I think when you have a younger roster, I mean, we saw this like with like uh, like Mikal Bridges. He's played like almost every game in his career. You know, he's young. He stays healthy. So I think with younger teams, they're more likely to stay healthier. They're more likely to play more games in the regular season, which gives them a chance to be better in the regular season specifically. You know, speak, you know, talking like nothing to do with the playoffs. I think the Cavs are going to be a really solid regular season team. So I I could understand why, um, you know, it's a model and I don't know exactly how they create it, but I I could see the Cavs being the third seed in the East in the regular season. I, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. The Cavs to me, like, I, I just feel like that they, they, this seems like a, an over prediction is how I'm going to describe it. Okay. Finishing third. I'm not saying they're bad at all. I, I just don't see the Cavs finishing third. Like, I don't see them winning, like... Like, do you think the Cavs can win, like, 48-plus games? Yeah, I you do. really do? I do. Well, how many... I mean, how many did they win last year? Would they year? win, I like, could, 50 or 51? But um, it was probably similar to, like, high 40s. They might have gotten to 50. Um, but probably high 40s. But, yeah, I mean, I mean the reason is... Because you can even go and you can look at some of these other teams in the uh, East... And there's uncertainty there. I mean, the Miami Heat, for one, didn't really do a lot in the offseason. Um, this year, yeah, they still have Jimmy Butler. They have Bam Adebayo. But if one of those guys get hurt, gets hurt, and they still have Hero as well, if one of those guys gets hurt, it could suddenly fall apart quickly. It, it could. Again, two years ago, the depth did kind of you know, pick it up, and they were able to keep winning games despite the injuries. But this year, I'm I'm a little less confident in that. Um, and I'm seeing here the Cavs won 51 games last year. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they could. And the Heat, that's one team. You look at the Sixers, all the Harden drama that's been going on. Um, if, if he gets traded at some point soon, maybe the Sixers are a little bit worse. You have the Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks were good last year. They did well, but I think... With uh, Julius Randle, there's always uh, uncertainty there. Is you know Julius Randle, he played pretty well last year, but the year before he wasn't as good. So it's I feel like trusting Julius Randle is usually uh, not something that's uh, a, a great a great thing to do to trust him. So yeah, I think the Cavs could have the third best record. Um, and in this again, it's the regular season. It doesn't maybe the Cavs are a really good regular season team, but they can't put it together in the playoffs. They had struggles last year in the playoffs. So that could continue. But I think in the regular season, I expect the Cavs to be really solid. I do. Yeah. Trevor, any other little storylines you want to get here too? You know, like teams that you're really excited to watch, teams that are just terrible, going to be terrible, they're tanking. 
Yeah, if so if we go through tiers here, I think it's clear that the Bucks and Celtics already talked about it. They're yeah. tier one. I think tier two has four teams. I think and really the order I have no idea about. The order could be in any one three through six, but it's going to be these four teams. It's going to be the 76ers because their floor is still high because even if the Harden thing doesn't go well, he gets traded, whatever. They have Joel Embiid. He just won the MVP. They're going to be a playoff team. They're going to be in the top six. So the Sixers are in there. I think the Cavs are in there because in the regular season, I expect them to be a really good team. Uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell's still a really great player. I, I will defend Donovan Mitchell to the death. The death. Um, the talk about, you know, him playing bad in the playoffs. Uh, the spacing was a big issue. I, I, I think uh, people put too much blame on Donovan Mitchell in that. So the Cavs are in there. Um, the Heat are still in there. Um, although... In the regular season, I'm I'm a little I'm a little concerned about how the Heat will do in the regular season if they get an injury. But if they're in the playoffs, if they get there, they're in this second tier. I think they are. If we're talking a playoff series, they might still be third. Honestly, they might be. And then the last team I'd say is the Knicks. The Knicks obviously took a lot of step, took big a big step forward this last season. Jalen Brunson was phenomenal. Joyce Randall was he was good in the regular season playoffs and a little different story. But they have other guys. R.J. Barrett was decent. Mitchell Robinson was decent. So this is the second tier. Sixers, Cavs, Heat, Knicks in some order. And then you go down from that. And I have uh, the Hawks. The Hawks, a lot of question marks. You know, what this this team built around Trey Young. Uh, it's caused some issues. You know, can he play more off ball? That's been big. And I think after that, you have the Pacers, who were really good before Tyrese Halliburton went down. You have the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, and I think the Orlando Magic, um, the Orlando Magic, can this be the year the Orlando Magic take a step up? Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, they have this very young core. Uh, they're playing for the future. Can the Magic take a step forward? Can they make the playoffs? It's possible. I have them as the, the 10th best team in the East right now making the play-in. And then if we get to those bad teams, the Raptors and the Bulls, they're in the same tier. Both teams that are pretty veteran heavy overall, especially the Bulls, um, that may blow it up, that may make trades to get worse, to tank for a pick, it's possible. Those teams are just not in good situations. You never want to be the team that, you know, you, you, you're you paying a lot of money to guys that, you know, you're considering stars, all-stars, like Siakam, like D. Rosen, but you're still struggling to make the playoffs. So they're in tough positions. And then the bottom of the barrel, I have the Pistons, the Hornets, and the Wizards. The Wizards just gave up, you know, all their assets. I think they might be the worst team in the league. Pistons and Hornets also going to struggle. But I, I think the Pistons I'm at least excited to watch because can we finally get a full season uh, of health with Cade Cunningham? I still believe in Cade Cunningham. Can he be healthy uh, for a full season? So those are just some of the things I'm excited about. Um, any other storylines? I think, I mean, I, I think I mentioned some of them, certainly. Um, I'm excited for some of these teams. Um, but Ben, I, I want to hear from you. I think you're, I don't know. Are you, are you a Pacers fan now, Ben? Oh, oh, yes. top in the show with Indiana Pacers. Should be a Pacers fan. You know, they, they're a team. Do you have any thoughts on any Indiana Pacers? Yeah. Sneaky, good team. I, I fully expect them, them to be there at the end. I would add, they're probably going to be the biggest challenger to the, to the Milwaukee Bucks for the, for the <laughs> Eastern conference championship. They have a lot of talent on their team. Sne sneaky, underrated roster with the 2022 slam dunk champion, Obi top and kind of being the star of that offense. Um, so fantastic team. I'm gonna be honest, Trevor, I couldn't name another person on their team other than Obi Toppin. So I have no idea. <laughs> I could not name a single other person on that. Does Larry Bird still, still, uh, you know, run the team? Does, does he uh, still have a role in the front office? I think yeah. he does, right? 
okay, then they got to be good. Then they have to be good. Then, then they have to be good. So so they'll be just fine with Obi Toppin and the other 14 players that I cannot name. He's a rule. Yeah, I mean, the, the best thing they have going for him is that, yeah, like like I said, Tyrese Halliburton, he was injured for a big part of last year. Before he, was, before he went out, they were, I believe, a top four team in the East. So, you know, I think that's definitely a good thing to look forward to. They're they're a very young team. You know, Ben Matherin, I think he has a good chance to get in the starting lineup this season. Um, I obviously was a huge fan of him at Arizona. Uh, still rooting for him uh, big time. They have Bruce Brown now from Denver. Obviously, he was part of that championship run, a, a key role player. He's now with Indiana. And Miles Turner's still there. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting roster. Obi, I think, will be the starting power forward with the Pacers. So that kind of rounds up that starting lineup right there. Halliburton, Mather in the backcourt. Yeah, Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin, and Miles Turner. So I, I think it's going to be a solid team. I, I have them getting the eight seed right now is where I have Indiana. Love that. But yeah, so I, I, I like the Pacers team. You know, they're young, but I, I, I kind of like what they are building here. Um, Brandon, I'll, I'll go to you. Are there any teams in the East that you wanted to talk about or, you know, any, any questions you have, anything like that? Yeah. What happened to Brooklyn? Brooklyn. So Brooklyn they fell from their mighty tower. Yeah. So Brooklyn, obviously now without in the post KD Kyrie world, right? They are now a very young team as well. They're kind of, I guess, I don't know if rebuilding is the right word, but they're a very young team. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that has been going on with Brooklyn is uh, the Ben Simmons thing, you know, which I I certainly don't believe in Ben Simmons, but he is playing basketball again. He He's playing in preseason games. Uh, we're seeing the the highlights, which are very simple for any other player. They would not be highlights, but Ben Simmons goes down the lane and makes a little uh, a running layup over LeBron, and it's a highlight, apparently. So I, I don't know. Um, you know, they still have Spencer Dinwiddie there. Mikal Bridges, I think, is definitely their best player. I'm a big Mikal Bridges fan. So they have him, and he was really good last year. Um, but, you know, other than that, I mean, Cam Johnson, he's solid shooter, solid player. Nick Claxton's good defender. Uh, but overall... This team, you know, they have a ceiling. It's not the greatest roster, but I still think they're going to be in the mix for the plan. Yeah, well, Brooklyn fell uh, pretty far, so we'll, we'll see what they could do. But I don't know, Mont Press. Trevor, anything else you want to mention here at the NBA Eastern Conference before we wrap up the pod today? Um, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm just, you know, looking through rosters here. I'm I'm very excited for the season. Um, I, I think that's about it. I mean, we're going to get to see some of the rookies like a men Tom or uh, Osor Thompson for Detroit, yep. Bilal Kulabali for the wizards. Um, so a lot to look forward to with the Eastern conference. I am very excited. Yep. hundred percent. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, of course, subscribe, leave five-star review if you enjoyed, uh, go check out our website, thesmallballers.com so you can stay up to date with all the things that go live. Um, and follow us on Twitter at the small baller, uh, for the exact same reason. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.